Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking Adam Wingard's You're Next, a movie that uh, recently... Hmm, this says 2013. I thought this movie just celebrated a 10th anniversary. <laughs> but it That's also right, says it man. came out in this Of course. <laughs> the entire well, premise of why we did this movie. Yeah, that's why we were doing this episode. I rushed in the I'm first have some 20 word seconds. With, <laughs> some words with Screenland. I thought they were advertising this as a... Uh, is it having an anniversary? Maybe I was thinking uh, yeah. of a different movie. Eight years. <laughs> yeah. It is a anniversary. <laughs> it also came out in August. <laughs> <laughs> we are nothing if not a professional operation. Anyway, uh, we will get into your next here in a bit. But before we do that, what have you guys been watching? Um... So I watched a movie yesterday, and now I don't remember the name of it. Always, always a, a good sign. Um, it was on. It was a Netflix movie. Um, boy, yeah, I I don't remember what it was called, and I don't know if that's important. <laughs> um, it was the. Uh, now I can't even think of his name. The guy that plays the Falcon. Oh, you watched the Super Soldier movie. Yeah, where he's a super soldier. Yeah. Um, he's like okay. a cyborg type thing. I don't know. It was pretty cool. Like it was Anthony Mackie. Tur- oh my god. I was like, why can I p- not figure out that name? Um I mean it was cool. It was definitely like turn your brain off action. That's outside um, the wire, is that right? Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. It was okay. Um I haven't rated it yet, but it'll probably be three three and a half um it tries to be really twisty as it goes on and i i don't know if that succeeds <laughs> um yeah what else have i been watching um started a new anime uh demon slayer way more gore than i anticipated yeah i heard this one bangs yeah and it's it's awesome starts out kind of slow but after the first episode it really picks up yeah and that's one that has been on my list for a minute now and i might finally pull the trigger on it because i've heard nothing but good things that's about it for me yeah jeff what about you what do you got so we watched um two things this week or weekend um we watched uh i actually watched the prestige i think for the first time all the way through i knew the major beats um, I knew it was a Nolan. We've been talking about a lot was of Nolan Was it good? Yeah. I, I liked it, personally. I think... I love The Prestige, but I haven't watched it in forever. And I'm now, like, with my recent uh, discovery of my feelings for Nolan, I'm worried I won't enjoy The I Prestige mean, as much. I mean, I think it has a similar thematic vibe to Batman. Um, so you know what I mean? So like if you, as long as it's not the dark Knight, as if you're out on the whole Batman series of Nolan, I don't know if you'll continue to like the prestige. Um, but I mean, I thought it, I thought it did stuff. Well, there's a turn you kind of expect maybe. Um, but I think there's multiple. So I I don't know. I, I thought it was good. 
I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, David Bowie is Tesla. I mean, yeah. if you can include that in your movie, you're you got a winner. Right. Right. Um and then I also watched and we texted about it. I also watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hell um, yeah. Which my letterbox review is basically like talking about all the things it doesn't do well and then it's really just like <laughs> haha monsters go brr, like <laughs> which is really all it boils down to like when you're when you're just watching the monster stuff it's fucking great um yeah. and it's all the surrounding things to try to bring the monsters together that ultimately makes the film like a little boring so it's weird like vera formiga like, trying to get revenge on godzilla <laughs> yeah by yeah. awakening an ancient alien yeah some also Tyrion Lannister basically dressed exactly like Tyrion Lannister, like even though Tywin talking, Lannister. Yeah, sorry, Tywin now, Lannister. If we had if we had tossed Peter Dinklage in this movie, put Peter Dinklage in Millie Bobby Brown's role. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and don't don't explain anything else. Just put him no, in there. Still, exactly. still his daughter <laughs> <laughs> with a full beard. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I watched that in preparation for uh, what's going to be coming out on HBO this year, right? Which uh, is March. Mm-hmm. March, which is Godzilla vs. Kong. And, I, like and I s- on the day that we're recording, there will by the time this comes out, there will have been a new trailer for it. Ooh, looking forward to that. I have yeah. really, like, I've seen some of these movies, but not, like, enough to be, like, super well-versed. Like, this was the first mm-hmm. time I had really met all the monsters like i knew mm-hmm. about godzilla and kong and mothra but like i didn't know Kadira or rodan or you know what i mean like I, personally mm-hmm. i didn't know those so i'm gonna go back and try to watch a bunch of the old monster movies to catch up as you should because they are super good they they're so weird because they jump between like you know godzilla originally being an allegory for um nuclear war and then, so they have movies like that, and then they have Destroy All Monsters, which is just well, a which shit is basically show. the it's the early version of yeah King of King of the Monsters. It also has Son of Godzilla like dancing in celebration in the middle of the fight, <laughs> um, and the fav- my one of my favorite lines in a dub ever. Um, when they're just talking about all the chaos happening and then it cuts to one of the news anchors and it just says, Rodan is flying. <laughs> <laughs> then you have all the other cool stuff. Then you have like Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I, so Ghidorah has always been one of my favorite monsters because I think that's narratively when they do the best. We Man, we could do a whole separate episode on just Godzilla stuff, which we might have to do. Um, but... I would recommend Jeff watching Shin Godzilla first, and that because it it's a modern take on the classic Godzilla formula, so you can watch that, get that, appreciate that, and then go into the yeah. old Godzilla stuff. I, I think watching Shin Godzilla first, it's gonna like amp you up, and you're like I gotta watch more Godzilla movies now. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. And then for me, a um, couple, couple notable things. Catherine and I have started watching movies. We, we each pick a movie every Saturday. Um, we've both been falling asleep, so we've only been doing one movie. Last weekend, we did Burlesque, um, Hell yeah. which very <laughs> horny movie. Um, 
and I put it in my letterbox to review. I don't know if this movie is horny because Stanley Tucci is in it or if Stanley Tucci is in it because it's horny. It's a chicken and the egg situation. And then last night for the first time we watched Death Becomes Her, which is pretty solid. Like it I hadn't ever seen it. Uh, like neither had one. Catherine. And Nightmare Junk had recently reviewed it, um, I believe in Death Sember, um, when they were only doing movies with death in the title. And I I enjoyed it. I think the first half was a little meandering, and I thought we were gonna get more of the like undead Meryl Streep and um Catherine, no, not Catherine Hahn, Goldie Hahn. I confuse the Hans. Um, <laughs> it's it's early in the morning. I wouldn't dare normally disrespect my queen, married to my king, in that manner. But speaking of my king, there is a brief split second where you can see Kurt Russell on TV in the background of one of the shots of Death Becomes Her, and I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> That solidified the movie for you right there. Yeah. Well, because I, I was telling Catherine, I just kind of want Kurt Russell in the Bruce Willis role. Because <laughs> that would have been even better. Replace Kurt Russell in all of Bruce Willis's roles. Oh, my God. You give me a Kurt Russell diehard? Hell, yeah. Also, uh, not what I've been watching, but what I've been reading. I finished all 700 chapters of Naruto. <laughs> In like two weeks. Is it even two weeks? <laughs> Less than two weeks. How long it's is a good chapter, stuff, though? man. Uh, chapter's about 18 pages. Wow. So it's it's pretty solid. Now, um, when you read I, them I had always... on the app, does it put them... Like, do you just swipe in the correct way? Or not the correct No, so you swipe, you swipe right to left. Oh, okay. So you swipe manga direction. Gotcha. And it's all still structured panel wise. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Of top right down to bottom left. Gotcha. Which took me a little bit of time to get used to, but then I got used to it. And then I tried to go and read comics on the Kindle app, the opposite direction. And that was a nightmare. Yeah, so I had always thought Naruto was like kind of overrated and probably wasn't as good as everyone said. And I haven't watched the actual anime yet, but just reading the manga, it's fantastic. It like truly deserves all of the praise that it gets. And with that, I couldn't tell you anything else I watched. So let's get into your next. Your next apparently released in 2013. After I initially thought it was released in 2010. Uh, A plot synopsis. The Davisons, an upper-class family, are extremely wealthy but also estranged. That's a weird sentence. In an attempt to mend their broken family ties, Aubrey and Paul decide to celebrate their wedding anniversary by inviting their four children and their children's significant others to their weekend estate. The celebration gets off to a rocky start, but when crossbow-wielding assailants and animal masks suddenly attack, the Davisons must pull together or die. It's a bit misleading, but, uh, you know, you you don't want to give it all away in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes synopsis. Uh, This movie is a home invasion movie with a twist. And, oh, directed by Adam Wingard, who um, is directing Kong vs. Godzilla, or Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, and also directed The Guest, 
which uh, is one of my personal favorites. You have the whole crew of the like mumble gore people, uh, like Joe Swanberg, Simon Barrett, uh, Ty West, Adam Wingard. Everybody's involved. All the people you expect um, that did like House of the Devil. Um, you know, I could run through some others, but I forget them now. The Innkeepers, which I did not enjoy at all, but. I think Adam Wingard is, in my opinion, the strongest of kind of that whole cohort of directors and creators. Uh, and then a brief rotten review. So I told you guys I had picked one out. I'm gonna read it first and then give you the uh, give you the info on the uh, guy. So there comes a point where the difference between bad on purpose and just plain bad is wholly academic. Original score, 3 out of 10. One, that doesn't make sense in context. You're just trying to make yourself sound intelligent. But this was written by Tim Brayton of Antagony and Ecstasy. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Jeff, I wish your face really translated to an audio medium. Yeah, it's just like a deep, disappointed sigh. (laughs) (laughs) what a dumbass name (laughs) (laughs) with that out of the way let's get into what we liked about this movie and so i had seen this movie before and really really enjoyed it when i first watched it um but what about you guys kind of just how did your first viewing hit you um started out rough uh, but by the end, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I would say I... So I saw this movie after I saw the movie Hush, which is also a masked home invasion with crossbows. Mm-hmm. And I know... Oh, I didn't next, know there were crossbows in Hush. Yeah. I I and I and knew Your Next was done first, but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's it's a hard thing when you see a movie that does almost exactly the same thing. So I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to feel like I'm actually going to like this, but I would agree. I think it definitely picks up um, about maybe two, maybe a halfway through. I felt like it becomes like a really good movie um, where you start to actually understand like truly what's going on. Right. I think when it starts to... And we're, we are going to start to get into spoilers, um, so if you haven't, just give us a pause. Go watch your next. It's 90 minutes. Oh, we didn't talk about where you can watch it. You can find it on Peacock, um, and we're going to talk about that in what we didn't like about this movie. <laughs> Ooh, thanks for reminding um, me, by the way. I need to check to make sure I have not been charged. <laughs> <laughs> but about right around the halfway mark is when this movie starts to play with the tropes that it has been setting up through the movie. And it, because it starts as your traditional home invasion movie. And then it says, okay, what if one of the people was also like incredibly competent and a survivalist in this situation? And then also what if the family was responsible for all of this happening in the first place? Because it's not, it ends up not just being a random home invasion, which I, so I like that. I like the story of this movie. It's a little (laughs) messy, but it, it lends itself well. It's a 
well-made small budget movie that it's it's a fun horror movie. I mm-hmm. I like the decision of it being the family more. I think it works for this movie better than it would have had it just been random people mm-hmm. coming to kill I think, the family. To me, I think this movie takes it could have taken two paths, right? It could go completely into strangers' territory, right? Mm-hmm. It probably would have been scarier, but I don't think it would have been as fun. And so it decides to go down the fun route, which is that not only is this a horror movie, but it's horror family dynamic. You know what I mean? And so then you've mm-hmm. got like family infighting during a horror movie um in a way that like it didn't go all the way to like ready or not right you know what i mean like that's the full (laughs) that's the full like knives out plus horror right or like horror comedy and this one is like right in the middle of it's mostly horror right with a little bit of that thrown in so i really Mm -hmm. liked it i i mean i'm every episode i talk about horror comedy and a little bit of levity and that's what made this one like really fun for me is there is some levity within there yeah and i think i don't think adam wingard particularly likes to make a straight up horror movie which i think is a good thing like i think he likes to take something familiar and then add add a twist add some flavor to it like he does with the guest as well because the guest like the guess could be such a generic, simple movie, but it ends up being what if John Carpenter made the Terminator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I like that it didn't go completely into Strangers territory because then you could just Definitely. watch Strangers. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and we all know my history with that movie, so the less I have to watch the Strangers or Strangers adjacent, I am good. Did you see that was on Peacock, by the way? I did. I did. I was scrolling through and saw it on there. Someday I'll watch it again. I need to. I actually really liked Strangers Pray at Night, even though a lot of people didn't. I thought it was really fun. And Strangers Pray at Night actually feels a lot like this movie. Something else I wanted to say that I really, really dug um, is there's such an appreciation for practical effects here. Hell yeah, and there's there some is. really, really good practical. Uh, yeah, I mean, the level of good gore you get in this, um, especially, I think, well, because it comes off the part where I just hate the most of this yeah. movie, and but it it kind of saves itself with the youngest daughter trying to escape the house. <laughs> yep. And gets clotheslined th- by some razor wire. And I think that like that really sets the tone for what the movie is. Right. Because until then it's still kind of like y- you haven't really gotten into gore like you've had somebody get shot with a crossbow but you don't see anything at that I can point. see that on the CW. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But then, like, to go and it literally sprints headfirst into this gore um, and just gives you a close-up on her neck after hitting the wire, like, it it sets the tone early and it sets it hard. Yeah, I totally... I, I, will, I think that probably is the moment when I was like, oh, I like this movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
when I could tell, I was like, oh, it's going to be an elaborate set of <laughs> setups yeah. and deaths. Cool. Fully on board. Uh, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. I also, uh, I have in my notes, and I forget it every time I watch it, that halfway through, for whatever reason, and this could be what it does right and a little bit of what I don't like, just give it to me the whole time, but halfway through, this movie just turns into having a synth score. Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> no notice of it before throughout the entire rest of the movie. I know that's something our our friends at Two Views uh don't like this movie which is okay we can we have different views on stuff that's all right yeah um but i know they that's like that... the dark knight <laughs> shut, shut up quit getting us into flame wars on twitter <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good movie <laughs> okay anyway so we're gonna move on um no i know that's something that, that carson pointed out that he really doesn't like he would have preferred there be a synth score through the whole thing mm-hmm. i'm on the fence i love a good synth score I do agree it probably would have been better to have throughout the whole thing. But it, it kind of kicks in when she decides to, like, really fight back. Yeah, right? yeah like, and that's there. why I still like it. Because, like, I would have loved to have it the whole time. But I, like, I get what they're going for, yeah. and it works. I, def- I a- definitely like where where they decided to put it in. But I do agree that it should have been throughout the whole thing. It seems like it shifts to... Um, and I know you said like the guest, right, is a combo mm-hmm. of John Carpenter and the Terminator. I did feel like they were doing a little bit of like Terminator One, like with this yes. one, where they're like, Fuck I think it. Wingard just really likes Terminator. <laughs> like she goes on the offensive. She's now hunting people. She's now setting up. And it also has, I mean, it also does have shades of the Home Alone stuff that was talked mm-hmm. about, where, <laughs> um, when he's doing the setup and he's like, this is my house. I have to defend yeah. it. Like it's, there is total vibes of that as well. I really thought it was going to be like Chekhov's axe, by the way, uh-huh. like where, <laughs> where I was like, Wasn't maybe they just, no, they, I mean, it does end up using it at the very, yeah. very end. Yeah. yeah. And I thought what that's I, like the specific, what Chekhov's axe would be. Well, the, what I'm saying about Chekhov's axe is like, don't include it if you're not going to use it. And I was thinking they weren't going to use it. Like, I thought it was oh, going to be like a yeah, false yeah, yeah. Chekhov's gun, maybe is what I'm trying to say. Um, I thought also, the whole thing was what? like... What? Sorry, you finished your point. You just, you made that, me think was, of something. No, that I was just worried they weren't going to use it. I'm glad they, like, ended the movie with it because they knew we were all waiting for it. Yeah. And I, so that's a really good point, uh, listener, to pull back the bathrobe a little bit. Um you, we did not watch this movie. We, we watched this movie over a week ago and had to push recording. So throughout, if I just suddenly start remembering things, it's because I am just remembering things because we talked about it. But I love the ending of this movie because it is so hopeless and it is not, it's not a happy ending. It's not good. And it's like, it doesn't leave you feeling triumphant. And it's mean. It's just a mean ending. Yeah. Which, if you have listened to, if you've listened at this point and have not watched the movie yet, uh, the ending, the cops do finally show up. Um, there is chaos. There is blood everywhere. There are corpses, and they shoot Aaron, who is the lead. They shoot her like in the shoulder, and through the window, 
She's telling them not to come inside because she has set up this home alone contraption with an axe that as soon as the door opens, it's going to drop down. Um, and sure enough, cops open the door and then it cuts to credits. And it, I love it. It's just yeah, it's such it, a mean a ending. ending. Yeah. I think just the kills in general are really fun. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite kill is the blender. Ooh, that one is gnarly. Just because I didn't expect it. Also, I feel like when she kills both Felix and Z, because that's that scene, right? With the yeah. blender. Both their orange like both their blood are like orange. And I couldn't tell mm-hmm. if that was supposed to be like brain matter or if it was just like the color of blood they chose. I don't but know, but like if you've orange. ever used a blender, there is zero chance of blend that is blending it going through a skull. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. But it, it takes some suspension. <laughs> you got the ninja foodie out yeah. for that one. Slap chop. <laughs> got a gasoline engine on that baby. <laughs> got a pull to start the blender. <laughs> No, it, it requires some sp- suspension of disbelief, well, sure. but I like that that's where the movie goes because I think it's still the first half is very grounded and the second half is not. And I think that's what they're supposed to do or what they're trying to do and what you're supposed to interpret as the viewer that once that synth score kicks in, it is a fantastical movie. It's a lot less grounded in reality. Um, and you know, she is going to be doing things like punching a blender through somebody's skull and then just putting it on high. Oh yeah. I love that. They just went for it at that point. And that, I think that's, I don't know. This could be me because the, the blood early in the movie looks very realistic and the orange, orangey, like giallo type stuff that we get in the kitchen scene. I almost think that's a stylistic choice. Because it is starting to get, like, there's a disconnect from reality at that point. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also also really like the initial reveal that Z and uh, Francis? Was that Felix? That Z and Felix are in on it uh, when the dad gets killed. I think that is really good because it's so tense and there's so much dread when the, um, I think it's the lamb... Is that who comes mm-hmm. up with them? I think so. Uh, when the guy in the lamb mask walks up next to them and you like you tense up a little bit because at this point they've still been introduced like the killers and the strangers. And then he just like hands on hips, shakes his head and looks at them and they start talking and you're like, shit, okay, I like this. Like that's a that's a really good twist. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, what did you guys not like as much about this movie? Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. (laughs) I almost turned off this movie for pretty much anything before the first, like, uh, the the, the wire-cutting scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We get introduced to all these shitty fucking characters. They're like, oh, I'm rich. I'm a douchebag. Yeah, we fucking get it. And then somebody gets shot with an arrow. And then everyone and their fucking mother is just screaming at the top of their lungs. Nothing's getting done. Everyone's just yelling and yelling on top of each other. 
I just couldn't take it. I almost turned it off, and then she gets her throat slit open, and I was like, oh, okay. And then everybody so, kind of shut up after that. It's like, <laughs> we needed someone to die a whole lot sooner. Outside of the screaming, I actually really like that dinner scene when they're all just arguing with each other and being shitty to each other. Because I, the brother is fantastic because he like he's a little over the top, but he's just he's such an asshole. And it's perfect. And also, did you guys know that uh, that is the writer and director of Drinking Buddies with Jake Johnson and oh, Olivia really? Wilde? Yeah. Huh. No, I didn't know. Did you guys pick up on who the mom is? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you, Riley? Oh, I, I couldn't tell you now. I don't remember. I can't remember her That's face. That's horror legend Barbara Crampton from one reanimator. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I love Barbara Crampton. And Chopping Mall. Yeah. Chopping Mall, Castle Freak. She has an illustrious career. Yeah. So when she was screaming, I was like, oh. oh. from beyond, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, we get a Barbara Crampton appearance. Exactly. That's why I can't even be mad about it. Also, a great Twitter follow. Like a really yeah. good, a really oh, good yeah. Twitter follow. Yeah, Barbara Crampton, she's a gem. She is a true treasure. Sorry, Riley. Um, Continue shitting on this movie. Oh, no, that's it. That's that's pretty much the only thing I hate of this movie. (laughs) I was like, this guy's such a fucking douchebag that I don't think this movie's good enough to continue. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Just, oh, God. Yeah, that was rough. But then it really recovered, so. Yeah. I also think there's... There's just some weird writing with some of the characters in general. <laughs> um, specifically Crispin. Uh, First Crispin of all, his name Aaron. being Crispin. Yeah. And second of all, being Crispin, C-R-I-S-P-I-A-N, which doesn't make sense. You know how, uh, like, Crispex is just like a knockoff brand of checks. Yeah. Yes. I feel like Crispin is just like a knockoff brand of Christian. Like, <laughs> oh, like, for sure. Who fucking names their child that shit? Okay. And so I'm pulling, <laughs> I'm pulling your next up on Letterboxd because I was looking for a specific review. Um, but yeah, it, 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 this says 2011. <laughs> I, Oh, I don't weird, know because I think when I looked up it, it said 2013. Hold on. I don't I don't know when this movie came out. Do you out, think there guys? was an initial release and a wide release? It, it Be- had to have been a festival release. Mhm. So huh. the review I was looking for though uh was from Demi uh and it it highlights the point perfectly and I mean Uh-oh. two of the three people on the on this podcast probably fit this general aesthetic of crispin but i digress uh oh <laughs> demi says absolutely no inf- no offense intended but the main couple in this movie is so mismatched that the literal first moment we learned they were dating i said mm, okay he's the killer <laughs> fair yeah <laughs> i like they it's so obvious that something just odd is happening here there's something happening here. Also, 
How did you guys feel? I know you guys aren't as familiar with Larry Fessenden, so this was more of an in-joke for the like indie horror crowd. But how did you feel about the opening with Larry Fessenden just plowing? Uh, I was I was pretty turned off with the the age difference of that couple. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was a pretty I thought it was a pretty good opening and as in terms of yeah, the opening itself show. is good, but I think just like the the setup for it is strange. But I mean, like it works if you're familiar with Fessenden. So I wondered how it like how it came across to people who aren't as familiar with like Larry Fessenden and whatnot. Um, so I didn't. I don't know him. I don't. You know what I mean? I didn't recognize yeah. him. Um, I thought. I guess I was a little confused how it even connects to the whole rest of the movie, other than the fact that the neighbors are dead. Mm-hmm. So that when they try to run to them, they're not helpful. But like those people weren't hired separately to kill those people, right? Like it was a setup for the larger family, yeah. right? Okay. Okay. And I, I'm thinking that scene was actually probably just set up so that they could have the scene later where the music is still playing and that, like, that's a fun scene. Mm-hmm. all right do you guys have anything else that, that, that's it for me what about you jeff all right yeah i'm it i'm good so let's go ahead and move into our standout and letdown scenes standout scene for me is when she kills z and felix just because the blender is such a fun kill I think for a similar reason, I think the razor wire is my favorite. Also because it's so hopeful leading mm-hmm. up to that. Everybody's like, let's get ready. We're going to run out there and be brave. <laughs> right a fucking way she runs into the razor wire. <laughs> yeah. um, Just immediately so I, cuts down all of their hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, I like what that does for the story and what it does for them all for like the rest of the movie. Um, so I think that's my favorite. I think I, this will all have different ones. Um, I think That's I'm going to go I feel like with, it's been a while. What's her name? I can't remember our main character's name. Aaron. Aaron. Uh, when Aaron kills the first uh, stranger, where he comes in, she like bashes his knee in and then completely smashes his skull. Mm-hmm. And Z and whatever his name is, they're sitting there and they're like, uh oh, <laughs> like oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. We did not know this about her. Yeah, I and I love that it's a surprise to everybody. Um, can I have a honorable mention scene? Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to find the exact like words of what they said in the scene, but when she's like, "Fuck me, um, I'm your dead mom." Yeah, <laughs> she's like you never want to do anything interesting he's like i don't know that's a fair criticism and she's like well then fuck me dead next to your neck bomb then um like i don't know i just thought that was like a really funny like obviously you never want to do anything do it, interesting but... yeah yeah <laughs> i love that like that's the standard yeah like for like felix's sake it's like i i feel like that's a little unfair <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move into letdown scenes. Uh, I've I pretty much already explained mine. Yeah. I I think the intro is, I would, because that's your letdown scene, right? Really? Uh, not, the, not the 
Oh, the screaming one is your right, and sitting there all yelling at each other. And I think the intro, like, isn't that interesting for me. Um, I think they could have done it maybe a little bit different. Like, I get what it does for the plot mechanics later, but I was not really grabbed by it the way that I think I probably would have if they would have done it a different way. Yeah, for sure. And for me, I think it's just the general screaming in that scene. Like, I like the dinner scene, but the screaming continues on for way too long. Um, so let's go ahead and move into our Jeremy Gleason Award. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we want in this movie more? Uh, I don't know if I have one. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you guys have any? I thought that the the dynamic of Z and Felix could have been like examined even more. Like I thought the scene where the, with the mom was like really funny, and I think they could have probably done like maybe you know one or two other like like couple dynamics like fighting while they're the murdering is also happening. Because I didn't really feel like Z, other than that scene, really had like a ton of yeah, I character separately. Z was there um, to so just I thought, like, I th- kind of be off-putting and then be a catalyst for all this other stuff. Right. Yeah, and I thought she was a very interesting character that they could have fleshed out more, probably. I'm with you. I, I think that is probably... That's what would have helped the movie the most. I also would... I'll never argue to add more Barbara Crampton. Like I would, or I'll never, never argue against having more Barbara Crampton. That's who I want. I want more Barbara yeah. Crampton. There we go. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think there. have the dad die first and then have the mom, you know and yeah. I mean, consoling everybody to let her be in there. Yeah, mark. for sure. I mean, you got Barbara Crampton, like use, use this legend. Right. All right. So are we already at ratings? I believe we are. We're burning through so. this episode. Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Riley, I'll let you start. We'll go Riley, Jeff, me. Um, Let's see here. I got to remember what I even scored this. Uh, I can tell you that I don't feel like my score has changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go. I think it's a solid seven and a half. Um, I, I, I'm going to say seven and a half. And out of five, it bumps up to a four. I have the exact same rating. I think the, the this total thing. I don't know if I could say it's like an eight, right? Because an eight is right. pretty high. But definitely on Letterboxd, I put it four out of five. I, I don't know what it is about this movie that sits so right with me. Initially, I had it at a 10 the very first time I watched it. And it was a five out of five on Letterboxd. I bumped it down... I could probably go eight and a half or nine, um, but I am, I'm settling it in at a nine right now. I think a big part of what made me drop it was the first time I watched it, I hadn't seen the guest. And now having seen the guest, like that's what a five star Adam Wingard movie is for me. And you can tell that this, like, that's not quite there. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I will say I do. We didn't really talk about this exactly, but because we watched this on Peacock, at least yeah. for Ty and I, we watched this with commercial breaks, which was um, awful. And so, 
So, Ty, you've seen this movie completely, mm-hmm. right? As a normal movie. I've only ever seen this movie with commercial breaks. So, I do wonder sometimes if some of the tension, you know, obviously it breaks for a commercial. And, like, the way Peacock did it is, like, it didn't, like, fade out or, like, get to a certain it point. Just it drops just, like, it in. cut in. So there was like a really tense moment, and then it was like a really happy car commercial. Mine, and I was like, "So yeah, what was yours?" The first one, the first ad I got was when she is getting up and walking over to run out the door. And I've seen this movie, so I know what's coming. And I'm like, "Really? Like, come on, just right there, yeah." So I, I have no idea if that'll change my experience if I watch this again in another medium. Um, Peacock was fine. You yeah. know, it gets the job power. Done, but it's not worth going out of your yeah. way for more power to free streaming where I can not have to pay for every movie that I want to see ever. But I also feel like if you were actually serious about wanting to watch this movie, I would probably just rent it or find yeah. another yeah. place to watch. I, it I would highly recommend it. Uh, since this is a little bit more of a specific movie that I feel like you have a smaller pool to pull from. Uh, just give me one movie that you would like if you also like this movie. What should you watch if you like your next? So I, I'm i going to talk about a movie I have talked about probably a lot on this Is pod. It thief? But it's Thief? No. <laughs> if you liked your next, <laughs> you might like 1981, Michael Mann's Uh No. Um, I, no, I've talked about this horror movie a lot. This is one of my favorite horror movies which is uh, Ready or Not. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is very much the same. It's a rich family who's not sure they like each other. There's all the family dynamics that go with it. There's a girl who kind of doesn't belong, who's trying to like blend into the family. Um, and then, you know, shit goes haywire. Um, so I definitely think if you like your next Ready or Not, it will be super up your alley. It is definitely designed to be a fun movie with horror elements. It's definitely got horror comedy. So I think if you like this, you will definitely like Ready or Not. All right, Riley, what about you? Man, I don't know. I'm looking at movies here. Um, Trying to think of like some good home invasion movies. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Pass. Come back to me. Okay. Um. So, obviously, I've mentioned The Guest a lot. It's Adam Wingard's other movie uh, that is John Carpenter meets The Terminator. Um, So, go ahead and do that. But also, what I really want to pick is one I think I talked about earlier. um, Or if not, I talked about off mic, but better watch out. Uh, It is a Christmas horror movie that is basically horror home alone. And it is... It's home invasion with a twist. It's very fun. It's very mean. And it's it's one I think more people need to have checked out. That's on my list. So I'll definitely... I think you would it. like it a lot. Nice. They um, they specifically reference Home Alone at one point in it. And he tra- they, they try out something to see if it would work in real life. Gotcha. Yeah, I still got nothing. Uh, okay. I, this good. is not I a genre two. that I've dabbled in a lot of. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all good. I was I looking at everything related. I'm like, nope, I haven't seen any of these. So, all right. so you picked the guest. 
Uh, yeah, the guests are the strangers. There you go. All right. Well, you guys, shorter episode today, but once again, thank you for listening. We appreciate everybody that does listen. Uh, and conti- I'm back on Twitter, so continue to interact with us there. I promise I'll try to stop giving quote-unquote bad movie takes, even though I think they're objectively correct. They're uh, just takes about bad movies. Yeah, exactly. But really, So basically, you do not promise to stop. I do not promise. I actually promise to increase. Um, but once again, truly, we appreciate everybody for listening. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. 